Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's like a Patreon episode, except it costs us money. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, you know, we've never really talked about our pre-show ritual mm. on um, the show, like where, okay, so picture this, Patrick right. and I. Dig, if you will, a picture. Patrick and I are dressed in all black. Right. Uh, we're wearing turtlenecks. Mm-hmm. Before the show begins, um, we shake each other's hands. Right, we, we sit down. Turn around, exactly. We turn <laughs> we walk around. ten paces in opposite directions. Uh-huh. Patrick's girlfriend um, takes off her scarf and drops it like the beginning of a drag race. Right, and we can hear it dropping because <laughs> the apartment is deadly silent. It's deadly silent. Um, and then we rush over to the table mm-hmm. and we sit down at it. Yeah, that's pretty what, much what, long and short of it. What were you gonna say? What, <laughs> <laughs> what about our actual pre-show ritual? Did Did you want to uh, call out? You know, I can't even remember at this point. Really? Yeah. I mean, what what is our pre-show ritual uh, uh, to you? Like, what what do you? I think we just like talk for a little bit. We chit chat a little bit. Mm-hmm. We uh, we get sort of like conversationally warmed up. Yeah. So we're not like surprising each other with like I'm a grump today. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Or like um yeah we kind of yeah, exactly we get like a temperature for each other. Right. 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 Um. <laughs> what kind of like shows they're gonna be super silly. Right. I and mean, just gotta be like what kinds of things can't I mention on tonight's <laughs> show? And I know just gonna set Mark off. Uh, usually topics I cannot mention in front of Mark, Sonic Forces and your ability to borrow it. Uh, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with a mailing address. And then I send you my copy of Sonic Forces for Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back to me, which I also take care of. The word on everybody's lips mm-hmm. is Sonic Forces. That's right. Also on everybody's lips, Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong 3. 3 everyone's lips we're doing a high score tournament mm-hmm. um you can play donkey kong 3 however you're able to uh except no cheating yes no rewinding uh no save state scrubbing mm-hmm. just get that high score as best and as honestly as you can no billy mitchell's allowed send it to us either by email uh at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com or tweet at us right at nincart society um, and then uh, the other thing, uh, you know, send us your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Oh, sorry. One more thing I want to oh, say yes. about Donkey Kong 3. You're right. Get it to us by August 23rd because there are socks on the line. August 23rd, as we get closer to the date, is next Friday. It's so soon. It's so soon. Back when we picked that date, we didn't know what day of the week it, it was. It seemed like a million years away. It also felt like that. We knew it, it was exactly one month because, <laughs> because we, we set the date. We knew it was yes. in our minds. In our hearts, mm. it felt like a million years away. I understand. Uh, also, by the 23rd, whoever has the high score is going to win some socks. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, the current high score is well over 200,000. So like, you guys got to put in the, the reps. Which we're sorry about, because the game is not very good. It's not very good. Um, I realized that uh, just er- earlier today that I should be playing it with the NES controllers that I have. I've been playing it just like in handheld mode um, or with the Pro Controller, and I should really be playing it with the NES controller. Because you want to get the full Donkey Kong 3 experience, or you think it'll improve your score? I think it will just be more comfortable to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the real, like, true Donkey Kong 3 experience... It was an arcade machine, right? Yeah. Okay. Then that's, I need a joystick and like a big red button that's like covered in pizza grease. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, the most authentic. Um, I'll send us your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. We want to play them. Um, just email them to us at Nincart. No, that's Twitter at Nincart Society. Our email address is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We'll play them. We'll shout you out on the show. Maybe share them on our social media and whatnot. Um, all right, Mark, are you ready to get into today's topic? Yeah, let's do it. Nintendo Cartridge Society. 
Okay, so today's topic comes to us uh, directly from a listener, Dustin. Uh, Dustin was kind enough to send us an email um, last week, and it's a big email, right? Dustin poses a lot of questions. And Dustin's also a long-time listener. Long-time listener. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah, he's uh, corresponded with us a mm-hmm. bunch of times. Love hearing from you. Uh, and uh, you, he, he sent us this email uh, with a, a bunch of questions in it. And I was like, okay, so I could either respond to the... We could either like break it up and like respond to these one at a time, or like I could write back to him. And then we're like, no, 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 no. This is what Thursday is. Exactly. You, uh, explicitly disregarding his wishes. Right. Where in the email he says, you don't have to read this on the show. Well, uh, he says you don't have to read the whole thing. Uh, I'm We're going to read the whole thing. <laughs> hey, Patrick and Mark. Was listening on Tuesday and realized I hadn't written in a while. Uh, still been loving every episode, and it remains something I look forward to as I roll out of bed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Sorry in advance for how long this email is. Don't worry about it, Dustin. Uh, don't feel like you have to read it at all if you get bored and definitely not expecting you to read, it, read this on the show. Too bad we're doing it more than anything i wanted to reach out since it had been a while and just wanted to continue to thank you guys for the great show thank you dustin that's very sweet yeah thank you, you very much um so <clears throat> some random thoughts slash questions we're going to read these questions and we're going to talk about our answers um and so buckle up let's do this um first question Marvel Ultimate Alliance has been way more fun than I expected. People keep saying that it feels like a game from 10 years ago, uh, but the good news for me is that it's uh, that is right when I got married and started having kids, so I didn't play any of those games. So it feels nice and fresh to me. This feels like a game I can keep coming back to for a long time and try to beat all of the Infinity Rifts. The main story was fun, but I'm really liking uh, how I feel like I can play through again considering I really only played four to six characters when I was playing through in the main story mode. I definitely feel like I will be getting more than my money's worth with how much content is out, out there. <clears throat> uh, how much content there is, sorry. Uh, I am also intrigued by the DLC as long as it will be adding more story missions and not just dumping some more characters. Um, I wish Smash Ultimate would tack on more World of Light content with the DLC rather than just releasing spirits. Seems like they could have built out new themed areas and that allow you to earn new spirits and maybe a new boss uh, each time too. Maybe that will be with the next round of DLC after they release all those fighters so starting at the be- the end first yes i completely agree that there should be more world of light content yes even though i have not finished world of light yeah likewise uh, i that i have not i have not finished world of light um but there is something just like to having that like extra and the thing is like if you're already making the spirit matches right for the spirit board like all you need to do is like get uh, someone to like paint a map right like they're not 3d environments even that you're running around so it seems like it would be um a relatively low like investment to actually develop more world of light yeah and it would be it would have been really cool to have like a persona area of the map and then like a dragon quest area of the map and then so cool yeah so it does feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity as far as marvel ultimate alliance um i'm not that far in i haven't been the game so i'm not as far as uh, Dustin is, but yeah, I completely agree that it seems like there's a lot of replayability because the uh, even in the little bit that I've played, the w- team that you build really yeah. has like a huge effect on how just like the gameplay. It can yeah. be totally different depending on how you build your team, and there are so many options for how to build a team. Um, and it also seems like, you know, s- some of what's uh, really enjoyable about multi- Marvel Ultimate Alliance is just like the spectacle of having your characters together. And if that changes, if that can change 100% by you using a different set of, you know, four to six characters, like Dustin says, um, that's super exciting. I'll be really curious to see what the DLC is. I know that later this month we're getting the first two, like, new characters for free. Right, so, um, Cyclops and uh, the other one. Yeah, I forget now who the other one Colossus, is. Colossus, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, uh, and then there are uh, the the other packs are right. So the packs mutants? are announced, but I feel like we don't really know what those are yet. It's sure. Marvel Knights, right? Um, X. Yeah, X Men is uh, is one, and then and, Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four. Which, so right, that's right, because I made that killer joke about. I wonder what those four characters will be. <laughs> So yeah, I'm Dr. Super... Doom, a uh, super scroll. <laughs> I'm just super curious. Namor the Submariner. <laughs> and uh, you know the human torch. <laughs> Very curious to know what that DLC will entail. 
Uh, yeah, I I am hopeful because well, the, in in the game, like the characters are introduced like as you're playing levels, right? Like, yeah, it's not just like you start a new section and there are like four new characters to pick from. So I I don't know. I I would assume that it is um some sort of uh story content or like challenge room content or something like that. Yeah. Um, successfully. Oh, uh, the the other thing that I wanted to say about um. The idea of like it's a game from ten years ago, and I wasn't playing games ten years ago, so it feels new to me. Um, I love that phenomenon. Um, I was not playing games very much, or I was playing different kinds of games uh, when I went away to college in like two thousand two, two thousand three, and so I uh, missed many of the like game, much of the GameCube era, and uh, didn't play um, Wind Waker when it came out. So uh, a couple years later, after I'd graduated, it was a nice game for me to like go back to and, you know, basically had a, a after I finished Twilight Princess, have like another Zelda to play, a whole other Zelda to play, uh, one that is arguably better than the one that I just finished and had a wonderful time playing. Uh, so I, I love um, having those like periods where you're like, oh, uh, I just wasn't playing games then. Um, and then having the time to revisit those eras later. Also, when I when I say that it's a game from ten years ago, I definitely don't mean it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's just very much like a feels like a game out of time because they just don't make games like this anymore. They did. They made this game. <laughs> well, you're fair point. Very fair. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to Dustin's second question. Speaking of Smash, I'm finding myself going back to Smash Brothers pretty much every time I play Switch. It's never for very long, but I keep uh, doing a couple spirit board matches, playing through classic mode with a character or two, and resetting the spirits uh, in the gym and treasure hunt things. I was not expecting it, but the spirits are really giving me something to do rather than just playing random people online. My favorite is still local multiplayer with friends, but this is the most single-player content I've ever seen in a Smash game. Um, this game is so good. Um, I agree with that. The sentiment about the Smash or uh, the Spirit Board, one hundred percent. That like having something to do, like some meaningful single player content all the time, um, is sort of awesome. Um, and like, I I know I played a lot of Smash 3DS, uh, single player. Um, but now I can't really remember what I was doing or why I liked it so much. Yeah, all I was doing on when I was playing this, uh, the 3DS version was just smash. Yeah. You know, like just, uh, like four player matches yeah. with, against three computers. I was really surprised also how much I liked spirit board when I first was playing, uh, super smash brothers ultimate. It was a lot of just trying to get all the characters doing classic mode and then playing a couple of matches online. Yeah. Just like basically doing that stuff. I really didn't think spirit board was going to be for me, but once I got into spirit board, I totally loved it because it was basically just like an automated version of what I used to do with my sister on the old versions of Smash Brothers, like Melee, where we would just set random challenges and be like, okay, we're all going to be, um, you know, like Pikachu and we're going to turn on these items. And, right, you yes. know, and instead of having to set those rules yourself, there's just all these little challenges that are always coming up and you can kind of filter through the ones that sound interesting to you and right so uh i really like it as well there's also something really um appealing about like uh you have a certain number of them and they're like available for a, a certain amount of time and so like if there's one that's giving you some trouble and like you die and like having to keep you like keep attempting it uh after like 10 minutes it's just gonna be gone and then like it'll come back up later but like you can never get like stuck on something for uh ever uh, like you could in World of Light or, you know, back in the day when I would like grind out Street Fighter, like arcade modes and just be like, I'm stuck on M. Bison. And I'm just going to keep trying again until two hours have passed and I still haven't beaten him. Um, I like having this like uh, artificial just time limit on it where it's like, no, now we take it away and you have to fight something else. I also think that it's for me, it was a really fun introduction to some of the music in the game that I hadn't heard before, maybe because I wasn't playing the right levels or the right characters mm-hmm. in classic mode or whatever. You know, uh, there's like a song from Style Savvy that I now like have on my phone because it's so good, but I don't know that I would have ever heard it. It was just something that like, or, uh, or introduced me to characters like Harmonite that yeah, sure. I just wasn't familiar with. And I was like, oh, this is interesting in the music that they're associating with this level is really cool. And so I would like look it up and be like, oh my gosh, Game Freak made this game called Harmonite that I'd never heard of before. It's, you know, we've talked about before, Smash Brothers Ultimate 
especially is such a love letter to video games and also like a video game museum mm-hmm. that for somebody who loves games, but as listeners of the podcast, absolutely know my breadth of knowledge is not exhaustive. And so it's really fun to have this like cool introduction to these little snippets of other games that I haven't experienced. Yeah. And that's like such a great point because Smash is such a repository for all of this uh, like video game knowledge and information and characters and music and all this stuff. Um, but there, without the spirit board and without uh, World of Light, there's not really a guided tour through that. No, right? and you like, because you pick the characters that you want to play. Totally. And you pick the levels that you like or are familiar with. And, right. you know, that comes with the music that you like and are familiar with. Yeah. And even if like, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with the, the music settings, each of those uh, levels has, uh, you know, like normal, uh, like alternate music that play, you know, 3% of the time that you're on that stage. And like, if you're randomly selecting between a hundred stages and you, so you get each of those, uh, you know, 1% of the time, and then only 5% of the time that you're doing that, it's going to play this alternate track. Like there's music that you will never hear basically, unless you are being guided through it. And I think that's one of the things that the spirit board does super well. Also, just put Smash Brothers Radio in the Nintendo Switch. Oh my god. Phone app. Yes. Just do Just it. Just do it. Just put Smash Radio in the phone app. Also, you know, give me a Splatoon radio. Like this is not hard. You have access to all these amazing music tracks. A Mario Maker? First of all, Mario Maker needs to be on the uh, Nintendo phone app. Crazy it's not. It's crazy it's not. But also, give me a Mario Maker radio. I will pay more money for this. <laughs> I will pay money for it. <laughs> we currently pay no money for it. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, Dustin's next question. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go initially did not hook me. Once I started playing handheld, though, and didn't have to use the motion controls, even with the Pokeball Plus, it was way better. Plus, it was way easier to aim the Pokeball to catch the Pokemon without motion controls. Um, Also, once I realized I didn't have to save Pokeballs because you get them all over the place, I could just uh, catch a bunch of the same type and then release them uh, for rewards and gain experience. It opened the game up for me. I wish someone had explained that stuff to me before I started playing. If they ever make a gold and silver Let's Go version i think i would have a lot more fun with it right away do you think they will maybe in a year that they don't release a new mainline game something like pokemon let's go gold and silver in uh, 2020 and whatever comes after sword and shield in 2021 etc um so let's do the the first thing first yes handheld mode is i completely agree the way to play pokemon let's go for me, like yeah. I think if I was playing with a, a child or somebody who was just casually playing it to have fun, who wasn't really familiar with video games, I think like the motion control stuff makes a lot of sense. But yes, when you're trying to catch Pokemon and they start like bouncing around the screen and you're trying to like do it precisely with the Joy-Con tosses. Right, which isn't really like perfectly going to read what you're doing anyway. And you still do have to kind of use motion controls, but it's like j- to aim when you're it's in handheld mode, but it's gyro-based. Oh, okay, yeah, Right, sure. so like you're like picking it up and moving it to aim it, but you it requires a lot less precision. Yeah. Um, I really liked Pokemon Let's Go. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fun. It was, it felt much more casual than the mainline Pokemon games have. And I don't mean that in the sense where it was like easier, although I guess maybe it was. You just meant permadeath was (laughs) off. I guess it it was just like, I felt no pressure. Sure. Right. I kind of knew where I was going because I was familiar with yellow. And so it was just real easy to just kind of like make your way through. It's, you can't really lose, you know, It, it does a really good job of, just being pleasant. It's a pleasant world to be in that yeah. feels very like comforting and familiar. Um, yeah, and I, I think the uh the point about um like the priorities of the game that it really is like a Pokemon catch fest that like you are just supposed to be uh throwing Pokeballs all the time and always trying to catch stuff, which is you know, despite Pokemon's like tagline of gotta catch them all, like no, there are about a billion other things the game wants you to do in addition also, to catching Pokemon. To catch Pokemon in yeah. the actual games. Yeah, because oh my gosh, I yeah whittling them down to just a sliver of health and then throwing a Pokeball and then they get out of it. And having to be completely random. Like yeah. I loved the catch mechanic in Pokemon Let's Go. I liked it so much more than having to battle them down to a little sliver of health. Totally. And just having to go out into the grass and wander around until the Pokemon you wanted 
catch appears. I thought that part was so nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's address the second question about uh, a like gold and silver let's go. Um, do you think that is a possibility? I think Pokemon Let's Go was a success. Yeah. It sold over, it has sold over 10 million copies between the two. Um, I really liked it. I would be interested in more Let's Go. I wonder if they will just continue to like, if like just continue to do more remakes in that vein. Or if Yellow was just kind of them getting comfortable and establishing kind of what this game could be or this franchise could be. And then if they'll move away from just like rehashing, yeah, the, um, uh, like the series as it went on. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder also like, um, after uh, Sword and Shield comes out, what? Because I mean, I, I I do feel like um the Pokemon fan base is in a super toxic place right now, where all they're doing is screaming about like the game not looking as good as they think it should, or it not having all the Pokemon in it. Um, so I wonder if um like once this game is out. Um, I wonder what the messaging about the future of Pokemon is from there. Because, like, um, I don't know, it's it's so interesting that, uh, you know, from a couple years back, I guess, E3, two years ago, um, we're like, okay, uh, Pokemon Let's Go is coming out, and then we're also going to get um, a, new, a new Pokemon, mainline Pokemon game for Switch. And so, like, we knew what the future of the series was going to be. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think about that, and I think about the... Um, that Fire Emblem Direct from a long time ago where it was like, okay, Fire Emblem Warriors is coming out, Fire Emblem Heroes is coming out, and uh, what, did they also announce the uh, Echoes uh, Shadows of Valentia at the same time? I think so. And saying that uh, Fire Emblem Switch, and all of those games have now come to pass. Um, so, like, I just, I wonder, we're in a place right now where we don't know what the future of the Fire Emblem series is going to be, and we also don't really know, I mean, we know uh, Sword and Shield is still coming out, but the future beyond that is kind of a mystery uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I feel like Pokemon has never... Well, I see your point about them saying, hey, this like mainline Switch game is coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that I don't feel like they're going to react that strongly yeah. to what... Because that roadmap has already been set, right? Sure. Whatever Pokemon game is coming next year. It's, yeah, they're already working on they're it. They're already working on yeah. it. So I think any sort of like adjustment that you see is a little further down the road. I am curious to see if next year is a let's go year, if it's a um like Sword Shield Deluxe, like third version or yeah. like sequel or what they're going to do. I mean but... and they and they could just do a more like straightforward remake of any of the other games too. I mean, um that they could just do yeah, like an, anything. It, it, it could literally be anything, um, a, including a, uh, a more like, um, like holistically new Let's Go game. Like it could be a Pokemon Let's Go that is not a remake of something. It could just be like, okay, here's another Pokemon Let's Go with 150 different Pokemon from all over. Um, or it could even have new Pokemon in it. Like it, it would not surprise me to see anything they they could do anything coming off a of sword and shield and i wouldn't really be surprised uh all right uh ne- next question do either of you play the zelda clone indie games i played through blossom tales recently um i was getting the itch for a new 2d zelda but i had recently played Link's awakening on the 3ds virtual console so i'm not sure i want to spend 60 dollars for the remastered version so i ended up with blossom tales for 10 dollars on sale i have a feeling that i'll eventually buy the remastered Link's awakening but i really don't have a desire to play through the game uh, again considering i just beat it within the past year uh, so the first part of that question: Do either of you play Zelda clone indie games? I really haven't, but you you picked up Blossom's Tale. I, I picked up I picked up Blossom Tales, and I liked it. Um, and uh, there was another one that I was that I either got or was thinking about getting, and now I don't remember <laughs> which I did, which isn't a great sign. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, yes, more more Zelda clones. Like I'm 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 fine with it. Um, I think it's, uh, especially if they're in that, um, you know, Link's Awakening, Link to the Past sort of uh, o- overhead view. Like, it's just such a, a recipe for 
like hitting me right in the nostalgia sweet spot that like yeah i'm 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 there for it yeah do you feel like there's not as many of those as i would kind of expect there to be because link's awakening is so foundational like there are so many metroid-esque games sure right yeah and but there aren't as many link to the past-esque games yeah, I seemingly. I, I mean, I, I wonder if those kinds of games are just like harder to get right. Um, I think Blossom Tales does it. Um, although, like, it's not. It, it doesn't play as like smoothly as uh, Link to the Past or even uh, Link's Awakening. Um, but it has. Uh, it does so many like other like unique things all of its own. So I wonder if people are just like if like the format of the 16-bit Zelda game is so overpowering that people are like, well, I can either do that exactly or, you know, if I have something else to say, I'll, I'll do it in a different way. Um, and like Metroidvania is sort of the uh, like base way to do that as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what, what do you make of all this talk about um, the new Link's Awakening being a remaster? I mean, it's not a remaster necessarily, yeah. but it is so incredibly faithful down to the tile of the original Link's Awakening of everything that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that if you played it super recently, that I don't know necessarily what the new Link's Awakening has for you other than a, an adorable art style. Just an incredibly cute art style. And the music all sounds great. Um, I, I do wonder, like... You know, I, I can't remember the last time I played Link's Awakening, uh, how long it took me to play through it. But it's not super long, right? Like, no, it's a Game Boy game. It's it's not very yeah. long at all. Um, So I wonder if that is going to be... I, I wonder if there is, su- there is something about this game that we don't know yet. Um, or if it is, like, you know, actually just going to be the, you know, eight dungeons from the original plus the uh, color dungeon. Um, and then also the like mix them up, build your own dungeon thing. So I think the build your own dungeon thing is their attempt at giving it longevity. So, but that's, I mean, unless it is more interesting than like what we are allowing ourselves to believe. I right would not now. count on that. Yeah, I'm not counting on it either. I just, I, I think that there is something else about this game that we don't know yet. Um, and, you know, whether it is, um, no, I, I I really have no idea, but I I would suspect that there's going to be more to this game than just a like glossier presentation of a game from 25 years ago. So I'm not so confident, partly because as we've talked about in the past at E3, Nintendo really treated Link's Awakening as a minor release, where it was just That's like true. initially on that first day, it was just in with the other other games. Yeah, right. In- there was a insane. huge thing for Pokemon. Right. There's a huge thing for Luigi's Mansion Three, and then there were. There was awesome diorama set up, and there was Link's Awakening definitely had the most demo stations, but it was literally just with the more games. Right. Like, do you want to play Mario and Sonic at the Olympics? Do you want to play Wolfenstein Youngblood? Do you want to play Link's Awakening? They're all the same line. And, you know, like, E3 was definitely... Uh, Link's Awakening was the hot ticket. The line was so long. But that was also the audience that would love a Link's Awakening totally. remake. So I, I do wonder if they have, um, they're not really expecting it to be a huge, like, release for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this will be, it's coming out soon, right? September? Yeah, like a month. Wow. So we'll know very soon. Um, and, uh, you know, even though, uh, did, did you just play through this game or did I just play through this game? I don't remember. I, I played for it from, I played through it not that long ago. And I think we did an episode where, I had just played through Link's Awakening, and you had played through Link Between Worlds? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah that, like maybe a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think that I had played Link's Awakening not that long before that, and I'm, I'm already hungry to get back into it. It's a game I like, so um, I, I could see where uh, if you had just played it within the last couple months, that maybe wouldn't be ready just yet. Um, but, ooh, it just, it just looks so good. I'm very excited. Uh, Next question, digital versus physical games. I have always been the type to buy physical games. Uh, It is probably just out of habit and feeling the need to get something for my money. Recently, though, I've started to wish that on certain games, I would have gone digital instead. For example, I really enjoyed Starlink, especially once I realized I could use the Pro Controller instead of the grip with the R-Wing attached. That sounded fun in theory, but in practice, it was really cumbersome and really uncomfortable. Also, I hated having to rescan all of my weapons each week in order 
order to play with the Pro Controller. Um, I really wish I would have gone digital on this game. I think I would have played it a lot more than I have uh, so far. Smash Brothers is another game that I wish I would have gone would have gotten digitally. Uh, having to swap out the cartridges to play play it for 15 to 30 minutes can be mildly annoying. Basically, I'm just reason, uh, realizing that there are several games that I like to play in small doses, but I don't like having to swap out my cartridge so often, so I just end up playing one or maybe the two games in a given play session. If I didn't want to sell my physical cartridge and then buy back games digitally, what would, I, what would happen to my save file? Would it keep it? Uh, starting. Wait, okay, so the question there was, if I did, oh, if I did want to sell my physical cartridge and then buy the games digitally, uh, what would happen to my save file? Would it keep it? Starting over is a complete no-go, but if I could switch to digital for the difference uh, uh, in what I could trade in for the price digitally, it might be worth it. Um, so all of your save data uh, lives on the Switch. Yeah. Um, so as long as you have the same hardware, um, you can uh, use a different game card. You could use the uh, digital version. Your save data stays with it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is uh, if that is a feasible solution to you to uh, you know sell back your copy of Smash for I don't know fifteen bucks uh, and then buy Smash again, uh, good on you. Yeah, I, I've gone all digitally on my Switch. Yeah. And um, I mostly did it on my PS4 as well. And pretty much on my 3DS. I really, for the same reason that Dustin pointed out, I really like being able to switch game through between games quickly. Yes. My game library is also not so big that it won't fit on a, I don't know what I have, maybe like 128 gigabyte memory card. Yeah, I think that's where I am too. Maybe mine's the twice that size like 256 or yeah, something maybe. i also uh like i clean out basically if i'm not if i haven't played a game for a long time or it's not a perennial like breath of the wild i just uh will like remove it yeah yeah uh, and uh, so i'm i'm like half and half on my switch um there was like right at the beginning i was very interested in going uh physical on it because I was, uh, I think I was buying through like Amazon or like the Best Buy uh, Gamers Club when both those were offering twenty percent discounts on games, which was just too big of a discount for me to like ignore at that time. Um, and now that that is not something I can take advantage of, I'm just going all, all digital. Because yeah, the the convenience of that is so nice, especially on a game like Smash. Um, I really wish I had done this for Mario Kart. Because Mario Kart is a game that I love playing for ten minutes and then, uh, you know, flipping over to whatever else I'm I'm actually playing, um, and you know I I remember very specifically uh, on Wii U, um, that I was going to buy Mario Kart digitally because I never wanted to have to get up to play Mario Kart. I just wanted it to always be an option, um, to just pick up the gamepad and start playing, um. But I made the mistake on Switch, uh, so now basically the cartridge just lives in there all the time. Definitely some downsides to going all digital, though. I've definitely paid way more for games mm-hmm. than I would have if I had bought it physically. You can't lend them to friends. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, you no can't trade like, trade it in yeah. to get some of like the money back. So there's definitely pros and cons to each. I don't know that there's like the perfect solution, but I have found that I have been fine going all digital on yeah. switch um and also uh to specifically call out starlink yeah i i really enjoy the um the r-wing toy um but man if i could have bought that with a uh digital download code for starlink um playing it digitally you also just get access to all of the ships and pilots and weapons without having to buy them physically <laughs> um which like you know i i i have a love-hate relationship with my amiibos. There's no hate. There's no hate. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dial that back. I have a love-inconvenience relationship <laughs> with uh, my amiibos. Um, so just like the idea of having more stuff uh, in the house is like, uh, all right, uh, you know, I just throw it in a box with the rest of the, uh, you know, like the assembled um, Labo kits, right? Um, but yeah, it's uh, if I could have played that game just all digitally, um and just you know played with a little r wing that also came with it that would that would have been ideal uh next up third party controllers i am super tempted super tempted by the 8 bit doe sn30 
Pro Plus controller. Um, having the D-pad in the top left position along with the comfort of the Pro controller sounds appealing for certain games. Have you had good experiences with these types of controllers? I got a wireless GameCube controller when Smash came out. I'm honestly not sure why everyone loves that controller so much for this game. I prefer the Pro, Pro controller by a mile, um, and I have been happy with it. We're happy with how it works overall. Trying to decide if it would be worth the 50 bucks for the SN30 Pro Plus. Thoughts? So I have a, uh, not the SN uh, Pro 30, but a different, and now I can't remember the uh, the like names and numbers on it. Um, and I experienced some pretty um, significant input lag uh, with the controller. Um, and I know it has had firmware updates since then. Um, but man, I tell you what, uh, there is a uh, like level of gaming and engaging with like hardware that uh i just like hit sort of a brick wall where it's like okay now to update the firmware uh go to your computer download this thing and connect the controller hold down these three buttons when the light flashes this many times like hit the thing on the thing and then do this other thing and then try to sync it with your switch and like then one of those things doesn't work and you're like well what now <laughs> like i'm not a computer scientist and so like uh, you know uh, the thing was experiencing lag and then I couldn't get it to sync back up with my uh, Switch after I updated the firmware. And now I'm like, well, I just don't use it anymore. I, you know, I just, yeah. I just don't. So I do feel like there's a little, a little aspect of like the buyer beware or the like, you're going into uncharted territory. So good luck. Um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think about um, third-party controllers? I mean, I'm a maniac who has been very happy just using the Joy-Con grip. Yeah, the you entire, are a maniac. The entire time. Where's your pro controller, Mark? I don't want, like, I, it's, it, I feel silly now because when I play with a pro controller, or when I play with like a PS4 controller or something, I'm like, this is huge. This is enormous. <laughs> but no, I got so comfortable playing Breath of the Wild yeah. using the Joy-Con grip. And yeah, I've just played every Switch game using it that I'm completely comfortable yeah. with it as my main controller. So I can't even begin to fathom what it would be like using one of these third-party <laughs> controllers. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am a strong believer in um, if a third-party controller is doing something that you find yourself, like, missing or wanting, um, then go for it, right? Like, I've got a... Uh, uh, Real Arcade... Uh, Real Arcade Pro... Pro... These are all terribly named. No, I yeah, yes. Yes, all these things are terribly named. I'm trying to think of the name of the uh the fight stick that I have. Yeah. It's like a well, whatever. Um it, it is a, a fight stick that I have for my uh PlayStation 4, so I can play Street Fighter games with a more like arcade like experience. And, you know, if PlayStation uh, you know, had a uh like dual shock controller that was one of those then then you know I, I would probably go first party um but like you know I, I will go to third parties because they're offering me something that i can't get uh with like the the built-in uh package so if that's what the um sn30 pro plus controller terrible does for it, so bad um then yeah you know go for it and 50 bucks is cheaper than a uh uh pro controller yeah so. or a set of joy con yeah. You know, people like me, my uh, Joy-Con grip friends, they all know the one big downside to the Joy-Con grip. Yes. Or Joy-Cons in general as you're playing at, when you're playing as your main controller is the buttons on a pro controller are so like nice and rounded and big. Yes. The Joy-Con buttons are very small and so when I'm like doing stressful platforming and I'm really like jamming my thumb <laughs> on those uh, A B X Y buttons, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I get like a little indentation, like my hand hurts after a while. So you need big comfy buttons, <laughs> but I don't. That's the thing. It's the trade off <laughs> I'm willing to make. Uh, so I don't know that we really have solid advice there, other than like, I don't. I mean, if uh, yeah, go for it, right? Like it's it seems like it. If you have any more patience than I do to actually get your controller to work, go for it. Yeah, also, I feel like our advice is like, go for it or, or don't, don't, whatever. <laughs> like, you'll, I think you'll be fine either way. Yeah, and also, yeah, yeah, yeah you'll live. <laughs> so calm down. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, but I, I think, uh, yeah, those are our experiences uh, either with third-party controllers or not with third-party controllers. <laughs> and take or leave anything we say. Um, next question. Gaming backlogs. Do you generally beat games that you buy? Or do you just enjoy them for a time and then move on? I have several games that I've started and not yet finished. It makes me feel like maybe I shouldn't keep buying the new games that come out until I finish those. But I like to be playing what everyone is talking about. Uh, this is a tough one. Yeah, this is definitely true of this, sh- you know, like of this show. We try to be playing games that came out recently so we can talk about them yeah. when they are relevant. Um, but no, uh, so I don't like to spend money on things that I'm not going to use. Sure. That being said, I don't feel like I have to beat a game every time to get my money's worth. Yeah, like we we were talking about this off off mic uh yesterday um about uh like accepting the fact that you are maybe playing a game that is um different from the way that like it is like perceived to be like the right way to play it um that like you're getting i think this was on mic. was it on mic? rats then let's (laughs) stop talking about it no i mean well whatever but it's it's the same idea right of like um are you actually playing the game or like playing it the way it's supposed to be played if you don't beat it uh, I mean, I guess technically not, but like if you're having fun with something uh, and you're getting, you know, some enjoyment out of it, like maybe you've done all you need to do. Yeah, like a really good example of this for me is like SteamWorld Dig 2, which uh, I think it was 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something. Bought it when it first came out, played a lot of it, and then I just like didn't really feel compelled to go any further. Yeah. And so I just never have. Um, same with like Golf Story. Really liked what I played of it, never beat it, but I feel like I had a very like complete and satisfying experience, and I would totally recommend either of those games to anybody who was interested in them. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I end up uh, buying games that I am excited about, and then not uh, either I get distracted by something else that um, comes out, or... Uh, or just like I, I, I lose interest. Um, and so I, I, I am actively trying to break myself of that habit. Um, a part of the reason why I didn't pick up Marvel Ultimate Alliance is that I knew that Fire Emblem was going to be coming out the next week and that that was going to be something that was going to consume me. Will I go back and like loop back around and pick up Ultimate Alliance? Probably. Um, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm making a point now to uh, really prioritize games that I know I'm going to want to play or like put more time into, um, you know, like looking back on something like um, Starlink, uh, which is a game that I had fun with for the you know weekend that I played it, but that was really it. Like I, I played it for a weekend, and you know definitely didn't get my money's worth, whatever that means, um, out of it. Um, so yeah, I I, I think I'm uh, like drifting more towards. Um, wanting to uh, beat or get, like, a complete experience out of the games that, that I have. Yeah, I guess, like, just, like, the more that I don't have time to play games mm-hmm. and the older I get and the more that I'm just, like, yeah, games should be fun, that I really am just kind of, like, never wanting to force myself to try to beat a game because you're not a better gamer or, like, love right. video games more because you have gone to the end of the story mode of something like if you're having fun with it then and or you had fun with it for 15 hours then you're like i'm done with it or that's fine like that's an indictment indictment more of the game than it is of you totally and uh and also like doesn't it feel a little bit like uh a lot of games and types of games are sort of moving away from the like finite experience or like this is where the experience of this game ends anyway yeah games are terrified of you not playing them anymore because they can't monetize you if you yeah aren't playing exactly but it's also true of games that like aren't like have no further incentive to monetize me i mean i guess like smash can try and sell me more um like you know slime hats but like or super whatever mario odyssey or yeah. something but and, and super mario odyssey i put a ton of extra time into luigi's balloon world because i thought it was super fun and i never put an extra dime into that game um fire emblem three houses i am absolutely going to play through again as another house 100 percent. will you get the expansion maybe um, we don't even know what it is yet. we don't we, we have no idea what it is yet um so like you know all of uh, uh and uh like um super mario maker 2 is another game that like 
I, uh, you know, beat the the story mode. I like the story mode. Uh, my castle is complete. Um, that little diorama on the side is. I'm still short a couple tiles, but like, what am I just gonna go back into levels and collect coins? Am I gonna do that? Um, so like, I'll just go through and play like the uh, like course world, uh, like un unending levels, and just like play that for an hour. Um, and it's like that'll never end. There is no end there. Um, and so I just wanna, you know, I I, I wanna keep playing the games I wanna keep playing. I guess. Uh, last question. 3DS. I love this system, but I cannot seem to make Oh, my sorry. Yes. One thing I yes. wanted to say about backlogs is I think the, some of the reason people feel so much pressure about them, I know I have felt this as well, is because games are expensive. Yes. So if you're like spending money on something and then you never get around to playing it or you only play it for like an hour or two, then you do feel the sense of guilt of like, oh, this was kind of like wasted money. So I totally understand that. And I definitely have felt that way about things that I bought and never really ended up playing. Yeah, and I guess this is uh, one of the big benefits of uh, buying games physically because then you can you know, trade in a game that you were like, oh, I lost interest in this right away. Yeah. And then instead of it being a $60 loss, it's like a $30 you're, you're loss. You're pointing towards something else that you may or may not play like, in that's the future. Right. <laughs> Look, we're all going to die someday. So <laughs> Too true. That's right. Final question, 3DS. I love this system, but I cannot seem to make myself play it when I have the Switch light or Switch sitting right next to me. I have several 3DS games that I really like and would love to play more, um, but I just have a hard time playing on the smaller screen, and I wish there was a way uh, to play the 3DS games on my TV. It is awesome when I travel, but I don't uh, do that all that often. I keep wanting to play uh, more Samus Returns on the 3DS, but I wish I had a had it on a full-size controller. Some of the combat is more intense than other 2D Metroid games, and I'm having a really hard time getting the controls down on the 3DS. Um, yeah, this is this is just one of those um, that it can be kind of tough sitting around the house to play games on the 3DS when you know you've got Switch games, especially if you've got a backlog. Um, but I still maintain that I like traveling with the 3DS more than I like traveling with the Switch. I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that, Mark? Is there... I mean, I also think it also goes back to, like, don't feel bad and force yourself to play a game that you're not having, a, like, a fun time playing or that you're struggling with the controls or whatever just because you like the idea of the game. You know, that's why we don't play a bunch of uh, Star Fox Zero, right? Um, we like the idea of Star Fox. And I guess you and I did beat it. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, there's obviously a lot more to go back and play in that game. But there are just some, like, hurdles there where it's like, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, I so... My answer is less like philosophical and more just the practical realities of I feel like I look at screens so close to my face way too much during yeah. the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like to play my Switch on the TV as much as possible because I'm at least a few feet away from it at that point. Right. You, know? you, you don't feel like the radiation is boring <laughs> into your eye right. sockets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I do, st I do play my Switch in handheld mode, but I, prefer to play it on the TV as much as possible. And uh, so it's really hard for me to pull out the 3DS nowadays because, yeah, it just it feels uh, too much like I'm just staring at my phone. Yeah, sure. Which I feel like I do, like, so... Or a computer screen or whatever at work, you know, um, that I, I need that physical distance from a screen that I can't get with the 3DS. Yeah, yeah. That, and that that is fair. But, I mean, you know, Really, don't force yourself to play a game, right? Right. Um, and you know the the way Nintendo works, like these games will come back around someday. Um, and it, you may have to wait twenty five years, but like you'll see Samus Returns. It it in itself is a remake, right? So like we'll see all these games again uh, at at some point in the future. But yeah, I do long for the days of uh, Super Game Boy. You know, some sort of TV out on the 3DS or. Yeah, Something like that. That's where just you called just... the Switch, though. <laughs> but it's not. Different games, right? You can't play Super Mario 3D Land yep, on yep, that's true. Um, you know, the Switch. And that's a game that I really liked but didn't play. I haven't played it all the way through because I just have a really tough time playing on the 3DS now. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that's a real bummer about the 3DS and the, and the DS is that a lot of those games are not really going to make a successful like transfer over to uh, newer hardware or onto TV stuff because they demand that second screen and a second screen that is a touch screen um, that like I just it's games are going to be locked there for 
ever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because you're right. Uh, everything will come back around again. It'll int- be interesting to see what kind of second life those 3DS and D- DS games have. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We'll, 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 see, we'll see it all again someday. The only stuff that doesn't come back is the Virtual Boy. That's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they're Dust- very sh- ashamed of it. <laughs> they're so ashamed. Uh, Dustin closes out by saying, uh, wow, that got way longer than I was expecting. I hope you are both doing well. Thanks again for taking the time and energy to give us all such great content. Sincerely, Dustin. Dustin, you're welcome. All right, Mark, let's close out this segment. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, if you had uh, any uh, thoughts about all of the things that we uh, talked about here with Dustin's email, uh, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And in general, we love getting people's letters. Yes. We love when you write to us. We, write, we love when you tweet at us. We love when you write reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always will respond back. Yeah. Unless you're mean. Right. Uh, and also, uh, friend requests. Thank you for sending them oh, yeah, to us on, on Switch. Switch. I've seen a couple um, pop up, and it is always delightful to see what other people are playing. And I am sorry for how much you see uh, me playing Tetris 99 and Fire Emblem Three Houses, but mostly Tetris 99. You'll notice I've stopped uh, listing it on the games I'm playing this yeah, week. Yeah, it's just like, it's just inherent it's in like our existence. Oxygen, yes. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society remember please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you like this episode please share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff on Twitter we are at, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society and of course now we begin our post show ritual where we both put on red turtlenecks right, and red pants and the black curtain is drawn between us we are both secretly given pistols <laughs> And we walk opposite directions. <laughs> you can check out our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. I, of course, throw my pistol down in disgust because I do not like guns. I am hoping Mark does the same. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, and uh, presumably for Dustin, too. This is Patrick Eller saying... Thanks for listening. Campfire.